Welcome to Breaking Down Patriarchy. I'm Amy McPhee Olivest. In South America, there grows a vine called Banisteriopsis copy. Along with other plants, its leaves are brewed into a tea called ayahuasca. In the Quechua languages, aya means spirit, soul, or corpse, or dead body. And huasca means rope, or woody vine, or liana. So the word ayahuasca has been translated as liana of the soul, or rope of the dead. The plant contains dimethyltryptamine, or DMT, and when a person drinks the brew, it can lead to experiences that scientists would call psychedelic and traditional practitioners call a journey, led somehow by the plant itself. Thus, ayahuasca is also referred to by indigenous shamans as a sentient plant teacher, and even as a mother, Mama Aya. Today, we're going to talk about Mother Aya, and to guide us in our conversation is Tlawil Castillo. Welcome, Tlawil. I'm so happy you're here with us today. Thank you, Amy. I'm so grateful that I have the opportunity and chance to represent this beautiful medicine that comes from South America. Thank you again for having me. So excited to learn from you today, Tlawil. And I wonder if you can start us off by sharing a little bit about who you are, where you grew up, a little about your family that you come from, and how you came to do the work that you do today. Yeah, I had the honor to have incredible parents, both from my mom's side and my dad's side. They're both very spiritual And on my mom's side is a lot of the Vedic philosophies, yoga, initiation schools, ashrams, meditations, yoga, breath work, nutrition, massage, healing modalities, herbalism, you know, for my mom's side. And through my dad's side has been the retro path, which is the indigenous path, sweat lodges, vision quests, song dance, fire keeping, and many ceremonies. I grew up with both traditions, one from the Vedic philosophy, the internal work and the field of consciousness, mindfulness, awareness, healthcare, taking care of ourselves, and also like navigating the tools and the map of how the body works, how the chakras work, how energy works. And with my dad is also the prayers, the devotion, the communities, the intention, how things used to be a long time ago, in harmony with the tribes, in harmony with the earth, in harmony, you know, and how we were so devoted into these practices, you know, before we didn't used to have a lot of jobs. We used to just care for the land and the land will take care of us. And eventually these two cultures blended, you know, with me. And I have the honor, you know, to just share that with everybody. Can you tell us a little bit more about your parents? Where is your mom from? And how did she learn all of these Vedic traditions? And then where is your dad from? And I'd love to just know a little bit more about your parents and how they learned what Mm -hmm. they learned and taught you. Your mom's from Mexico and your dad's from Colombia, is that right? My mom is from Mexico, yes. And my dad's Colombian, yes, from Bogota. So for my mom tradition, there is an institution called Great Universal Family, HFU, and that's where my, also my dad was. And this institution has different initiation schools and different, you know, uh, ways of getting into them. It's kind of a proven, you know, like, no, you got to earn your right to even attend to these schools. And my 
dad's side, uh, him being from Colombia, Bogota, they have all these different indigenous traditions, the mamos, the muiscas, that's where the lineage that we carry is just muisca. The muiscas are also very resilient and their medicine is the song and dance and prayers and giving back to the earth. No medicines, no medicines. They believe in the power of oh. staying connected. And uh, my dad moved to the U.S. and found the Red Road Path, and he has been walking it. You know, he's 78 now, and since he was 30, he started when he was 30. So he awakened something in him that was very important, which was protect, keep sacred his medicines, keep sacred the tradition. So he follows by the script what he has learned from his elders, he had to earn his right to even partake and participate. He had to prove that he was taking serious this work. You know, back in the day, you were not allowed to even be there. So it was an honor to even be there. Right now, it's a little bit more open, but there is still a lot of people who don't allow it because it's very sacred. You know, it's like very, they're trying to keep their tradition alive and... After he learned the North American tradition, there is a prophecy, you know, where the eagle and the condor are going to fly together again. And that means the North traditions and the South American traditions are going to blend and create a bridge just coming together again. So my dad, his role is being from South America, coming to learn the North American traditions, bring those North American traditions, the South Dakota traditions, Lakota traditions into the South. And with his everybody that he knows, which are elders, he's been adopted by many tribes in Colombia. The Kogis, the Mamos, like he has earned and proved how the work that he's doing. So he is adopted by all these many indigenous tribes so he represents them also and then brings that tradition also back into the north so i am also partaking on this because i'm bringing a south american medicine up here into the north mother aya has a mission to awaken a mission to restore to remember a mission to help the planet to help mother gaia to remember what's sacred to remember what's our birthright to remember how to stay in love you know we forget who we are we forget the sacredness that we carry the mother aya mission is to help us remember how to stay connected to ourselves or hearts or minds how to stay healed how to stay whole and walk mindfully with each other. So going back to your journey, at first you took the path of your mom with a lot of prayer and meditation. What got you into plant medicine? The reason why I jumped and came to the medicines, I was 23 years old. I was very stubborn, meditating, chanting, breathing. Like I was constant, very, very devoted, praying, you know, and all the way till 23 and then I could now get through my heart and uh, that's when we had a vision quest and we have four-day fast and we're in nature and you it's a commitment for four years after you finish and completed your four years of vision quest and nature it can be in the jungle it can be in the ocean uh, it can be in the mountains it really depends where you're at Sorry, really quickly, just so I understand, for four years solid, like you don't come out of that 
experience it's you're completely immersed for four years or you just four do days. some practice oh for four, four days. days one yeah four days committed at around the same time next year again and the next year oh, again, and next year again until you completed four years I, okay yeah i done it five times i was like i love this too much let's go again wow <laughs> okay. i did the first time it actually felt like i actually did a real vision quest like the before was just training but the after is like whoa now we're talking this is real vision quest and after that you completed that at sundance then you get asked have you completed your vision quest and then you can sundance and i also sundance for a long time eight years so I started when I was 14, sun dancing in Mexico and Teotihuacan by the pyramids. So I had the opportunity to connect to my Mexican roots. And then I get to the reservation in South Dakota where the sun dance started going from. And I sun danced there for four years. But in between all those years, I also supported. So eight years sun dancing and since eight till like 28 supporting so i spend a lot of time communicating with the natives sharing praying sweating struggling all of it i've gone through a lot with everyone and it's been um incredible to now i serve the medicine like the medicine all the knowledge all the wisdom from all these traditions have just deepen deepen my awareness and my knowledge of how we're really you know when we're sundancing we're facing the east receiving the sun you know it's a sun dance so we wake up before the sun comes up and we receive it and we dance through the day until the sun goes down you know we have breaks in between but we're sun dancing we're receiving the energy of the sun we're praying with the sun we're connecting to the sun we're not eating we're not drinking water or prayers are our nourishment the sun is our nourishment the earth is our nourishment and it's like a spiritual workout like you let go of your physical body needs in order to work out and strengthen your spirit. So, so going back to the time that you were doing, you know, the kind of the Vedic side of your training and trying to recover from your breakup with meditation, but it wasn't working. Was it at that point that you thought, well, maybe I should try plant medicine? And how did that come about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, my first experience was uh, after the vision quest, after the four days, and we did a peyote ceremony in a teepee, and peyote traditional ceremonies are very structured, there's a lot to it, you can't even lay down, you have to set up the whole entire night, uh, sunset to sunrise, Uh, I've done five of those with my family and my dad's been running them most of the time. So I'm sitting right next to the people running. So I have witnessed, even when I was eight years old, you know, how people going through different ceremonies. And I've been always around ceremonies, but I had never went in there because I was so stubborn. You know, no, I have to do it on my own. I have to stay in my own. But I'm so grateful because once you'd really create a map for yourself, even if it's in theory, the medicines you steep in your awareness and kind of all make sense. And the crazy part about my journey is that these medicines, regardless of, um, you know, like the experiences that you have, when I was doing my practices, just breathing, just meditating, 
what I didn't know is that regardless, even when we're breathing, we're activating the tidal gland and the tidal gland starts activating the pituitary gland and then the pineal gland releasing DMT. So when we're meditating, you know, we're having altered states of consciousness. When you're doing it right, when you're breathing, when you're connecting, we are able and capable of, yes, recreating these altered states of consciousness on our own. But it needs more consistency, you know, like retentions, holding the breath in, pulling the breath out, and then it creates a little layer and then another layer and then another layer until you create layers enough to create that opening, you know, to, for the energy to come through and they have this outer space of consciousness. And it's amazing. Hmm. I was in shock myself. I'm like, I can't believe this. What? You can have visions and all these things just by meditating and breathing. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely incredible and to have a good opportunity to have the medicines because if you are all blocked there is different people they have different blockages either physical either emotional relationships families uh, either things they are overthinking they forgot to connect to their body so they're stuck in the mind you know so they don't know how to stay in the body and to have this outer state of consciousness on your own you need harmony between all these areas your body your mind your heart your emotions your everything your spirit and it's to be very focused very aware of your breath where you're at constant attention constant present moment otherwise the energy gets leaked out all over the place if you're distracted if there is so many different things and if you refocus all your essence into one thing at a time then that's when things really happen because you know if we're wounded if we're unhealed and we keep repeating patterns unconsciously so Madaraya brings awareness into everything that we are in order that we walk straight forward with all that we are no shame no guilt it, like we know what we've gone through because we put ourselves into it and we use all of us our strength as our ally to move forward you know instead of the guilt the shame no like we use all of it to help us propel us to give us momentum so. I love it Okay, I, w- I just wanted to clarify even for my own understanding, because I had asked about your dad and his tradition. Did that come through like un- an unbroken line to his ancestors or was there ever a Catholic conversion in the family where they did he have to rediscover that indigenous tradition in his lifetime? So in Colombia, uh, the indigenous tribes are very alive. So you walk on the streets, you see indigenous everywhere. You see art, Mm -hmm. you see things everywhere. So what happened back in the day is that the mamos, for example, uh, live in La Sierra. Uh, So they knew, they knew that this was going to happen. So they went really deep into the mountains and far, 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 they walking for days until they found a place where they had a ladder the only one person at a time can cross so they would take that ladder away once everybody was on their village so no one else can reach them no one for a long time and then because they're so connected to nature they could feel there was something very wrong happening in the world and that's when they started coming out and they started giving the the you know like hey what's going on we have to protect this earth we're a part of her how can you destroy something that you're a part of and this is why all collective is feeling all this anxiety of this depression of this anger is because we are not taking care of ourselves and we're not taking care of the earth so they are bringing you know we're a part of her if how we treat the earth is how we're treating ourselves and how we treat ourselves how we're also projecting that onto where we're living so so one thing that comes to my mind 
based on my own life experience where in my religion, women still aren't ordained to priesthood. And so I come from a tradition where there are these, you know, really beautiful spiritual experiences that I've experienced, but a woman is never really the conduit to act as a priestess. So what does it feel like for you to be a shaman and to be the person that you have like a group of people and you're guiding them on these journeys? I just am imagining what that might feel like for myself to be Mm -hmm. in that position. And it seems really powerful. Mm, Yeah. So it's very dreamy <laughs> because because it's not you, you know, it's not you. It's, it's uh, a higher form of consciousness that is leading you, that is guiding everyone, you know, because even when I'm speaking is for the people that are here, they are that I'm connecting to like we we are not in ourselves we're connecting we're here for the people and we are here to read the people to see what their needs are and it's so amazing um i know that in the uh fraternity the the my mom you know tradition came from there was not a woman allowed to be gurus for example like you can mm. get to a level of guru and but no there were no women and nowadays because we are changing and always now there is the first woman that is a guru so in africa a stick a walking stick they had a hollow uh it was hollow in the middle so women would deposit their menstrual blood in it and by the time they reached menopause they were the elders of the village they were the ones that the village would come to for advice for guidance for what's next so, you know, like that's, that's at the end when we hit menopause, like we are those people, we have all those experiences. Imagine every month we have to learn how to navigate our emotions. We're open to the cosmos to receive all this information from the collective because we women are birthing humanity and all humanity is connected to our wombs. So we feel that. So why do women struggle so much every month because of what's happening in the world? We feel the world. So we receive that and we release it. We heal it. We let it go and it's also healing for us it's healing for our families it's also nurturing for the earth if you are honoring and you know treating us sacred this process that we were meant to go through is very subtle awareness but we are open so can you talk a little bit more deeply about ayahuasca itself this is an idea that will be really new to people who haven't ever experienced it or read about it at all, to think of a plant as sentient and to think of it as feminine or as a mother is going to be like a really new concept for a lot of people. So how would you explain that? So Mother Aya is as real, as communicative as we're talking right now and is a spirit. So we have the opportunity to connect to her spirit because it comes from the earth. She's channeling what the earth needs are and things need. And she gets to experience what it is to have a human body because she's inside of us. She is a kind of a switch. You get to experience a plant and the planet and the consciousness that is beyond our comprehension as solid human beings. But 
she gets to experience also what it is to have also a physical body and the chakras and there is beyond that emotions this is what we purge some people cry a lot or laugh a lot it's, i am experiencing all those emotions with you you know so it's a gift for both and i also for those that never have experienced aya it comes in four ways you know all experiences are completely individual completely different for everyone and unique i've been running ceremonies and working with the medicine for 10 years this year i'm 33 and i seen a pattern you know after a while you get to see the patterns of where people are at and what journeys people go through you can oh yeah and there you like you know where different spaces are in this other field and there is the physical experience where you don't have a vision you don't have you're not hearing it but you can feel the medicine in one area and might be an area that you were hurt or there has been trauma so it stays there and it heals it and then it moves through a different area eventually it's like a magnet you know i just use high frequency that everything that is negative in your body it will bring it back to the stomach and it will either come up or come down you know so you mean it, like by vomiting, because that's really common too, right? It's like lots of purging, right? If you have a lot to cleanse out, it will be a lot of purging. But if once you do this enough that you don't have to purge a lot, then you never purge again. But yeah, that starts. And the second way would be very emotional. You don't know why you are crying, but you're crying, or why you're laughing and you're laughing, or why, you know, emotions just rise, why you're grieving, why you're sad, you know, you don't know. Um, and then there is the mental also, the visuals. You have all this very active, like watching a very fast train as a movie, you know, just is happening. And the fourth way is all of them all at once. You are very physical, very emotional, very lucid, and all of it's happening. And there is, I would say, one fifth one that is very, very, very deep where you're in that realm. There is something in between, and our bodies are not just physical solid bodies there is a spirit that moves in the spirit that sees a spirit that hears a spirit that feels you know we have this body as a as a tool to navigate this realm but yet we have this internal spirit that's connected to everything else and once we we draw this physical senses then we can use all the force into the spirit and the spirit that connects to the spirit of it all and a lot of things that are alive has a spirit. Animals have a spirit. Plants have a spirit. Nature has a spirit. And once we are relaxed enough, you know, you go to the forest, you lay down, you're connecting to the spirit of the forest. And, you know, it's very subtle. Nowadays, people want the gratification. People want ups and downs. A lot of, you know, when you jump out of a parachute, adrenaline, you know, people want all these kind of simulations. But there is the medicine in nature, you know, they're subtle. And the subtleness is how we were meant to be at all times in just peacefulness and chillness instead of looking for highs to find lows, you know. But if you find a steadiness, then that's how spirit moves in the steadiness. In It's, it's a beautiful relationship with ourselves and with what we're connecting to. But yeah, Mother Eye is so beautiful. She's a mother. She is harsh like a mother if you need the wake-up call but if you are very reverent very respectful listening she will treat you the same way you treat her 
there is also different levels, you know, there is gates. She will test you. She will make sure that you are worthy of her knowledge and wisdom and what she has to share. And so she will trigger things, you know, okay, are you over with your fears? So she will present herself in ways that will make you scared to see if you're scared. And, you know, like she will definitely tricked you to get move and pass the triggers that you have because see there was no need it's all an illusion you know it's all emotions uh, we're meant to go beyond our emotions and it's all energy that we can use to our own advantage you know mm -hmm. so what would it feel like if she was being harsh with a person what would that feel like well I guess I would say harsh, but she will bring you, for example, if you have put things under the rug, she will mm. open up that rug and show mm. you, hey, look what you've been doing. So mm. and then it's like the slap on the face, like, oh, yeah, no, I've been doing this wrong. I lied to this person or I stole something or I, you know, things that you done wrong or that she will just bring it to your life. And until you clear all that out and you do your work to stay in integrity, then there is no more need to get that waking call, you know, like she doesn't have to tell you anymore because you are tune in you know you are in in the integrity you know that's mm -hmm. why all religions teach you know do not do harm just be respectful so if you were acting as a shaman and a guide for a person who's let's say um participating for the first time and having this psychedelic experience and this this journey with mother Aya. I mean, because it's not the same as just like thinking about it and being like, oh, I need to be a better person, right? You're well, At least I'm just trying to understand what the way that you're describing it maybe is this, you know, benevolent but firm feminine presence that leads you to learn things that you need to learn. And sometimes that's not very fun. So would this person have like a scary vision or what you hear like with other you know, psychedelic experiences, people will call it a bad trip or something. Is that what it would feel like? And then when they come up out of it, they're like, that was horrible. Like, what would they have actually experienced? Like mm -hmm. scary snakes and dragons or like, or is it just somebody coming to them and saying, you need to change your ways? What does that actually look like? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think most of that is the wake up call. Like, hey, you're not been honoring yourself. You have not been loving yourself. You have not been respecting yourself. You have not been listening to your needs needs you've been procrastinating in these areas you know it's definitely more of that way there mm -hmm. is other ways um, they are not for us but sometimes because of all the negativity and energies that are on the planet um, sometimes they need an outlet so they take advantage of the opportunity that we have to transform and shift these energies through mother Aya that we get kind of called to okay we need your help to help transform these things. So it will present things, for example, like, uh, I've seen this very horrible things, you know, done to children, done to women, done to, you know, because there is a lot, there is a lot in the world that is very negative. So, And you'll see that in a vision when you're, you will when you're taking the medicine, you'll see it happen? Not all the time, not all the time. Oh, that the would time, be horrible. It's very harsh, but to me, because I'm, 
doing a higher work for the collective. You know, most people do their work, their personal work, their things that they have to deal with in their own internal thing. After they deal with that, they have the opportunity to either be a vessel for the collective or not. And I choose to do it because it has to be done. No one else like it has to be done we just gotta mm. transform it we have to heal it we have to pray we have to uh you know like we when we're in outer states of consciousness or thoughts or prayers are like a thousand times more powerful so we have to take advantage of that energy to purify the land protect areas protect children protect mothers protect fathers you know like do a lot of cleansing 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 and it's beautiful you start creating just being a vessel of alchemy for the world the planet and the collective and it's nothing to be scared the more fears you have um in the back of your mind the more they get released when you actually do the medicines because this medicine is very loving it comes from the earth we're part of earth the earth is loving she's so nourishing she's so beautiful she really brings so much she wants just happy and the happier we are the more we are actually doing our mission being here on this planet mm. so okay nothing to be as scared and if it comes <laughs> is to be transformed and to be acknowledged. And as soon as it's acknowledged, it gets is is already out of the way. It's very quickly out. Before I go, I'd also like to thank Sam Rose Preminger for our production, Brianna Jovan for our editing, and Lindsay Olibest for our social media. And thanks to all of you for listening. As always, you can head over to our website at breakingdownpatriarchy.com and our Instagram account at bedownpatriarchy for additional content and resources for today's episode. And if you'd like to help support the podcast, please consider sharing it with others, posting about it on social media, and leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That's all for this week, but be sure to join us again next time as we continue to become more educated, informed, connected, and active on breaking down patriarchy.